chilling new original docuseries on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean and a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control Alt Desire, now streaming on Paramount Plus. September 6th, 2019. I am Dave Biddle. Very happy to be joined by Steve Hellwagon. Steve, uh, UC coming here tomorrow, high noon. Buckeyes favored by 16 and a half points. You know, just your general impressions of this game, just kind of what you expect to see tomorrow. Dave, I'm excited about this game because I think this is a litmus test game for Ohio State, and it comes in week two. It's not a Big Ten game and yet it's going to have a Big Ten feel to it because of the physicality that uh, Cincinnati's going to bring to the table. I think they're going to hit Ohio State and try and hit them in the mouth and try and bully the bully, and and we'll see how Ohio State responds. It is a young team uh, for the Buckeyes uh, in a lot of positions and a lot of guys that have never really played a lot of football, including the quarterback, Justin Fields. So, if they can get to fields, uh, which Florida Atlantic did a few times last week, it'll be interesting to see how fields responds and how the Buckeyes respond, uh, knowing that uh, this team's not going to back down. In the last uh, 13 months, they've beaten UCLA twice, and they've beaten Virginia Tech. And people will say, oh, excuse me, UCLA is not that good, but they are a uh, Power 5 conference team with Power 5 athletes and linemen and everything else, and uh, UC took care of business uh, both times they played them, beat them by more than a touchdown both times they played. So uh, this is a respectable team just outside the national top 25 right now, and uh, certainly if they win, uh, it would put them in position to be uh, in a New Year Six Bowl and I just think that, uh, you know, they've got everything to gain and nothing to lose by playing Ohio State, and that's when an opponent can be extremely dangerous. Yeah, they've got a good quarterback, third-year sophomore Desmond Ritter, who was good as a you know, redshirt freshman last year, really established himself. Michael Warren, their running back's really good. He's a junior, uh, former Mr. Football, young man from the Toledo area. Um, well, I think Ohio State could get some damage done, though, when UC has the ball. I think we all know Ohio State's defensive line is excellent. Um, we'll see if they get Tyreek Smith and Tyler Friday back tomorrow. I don't think they'll get Jonathan Cooper back. But either, either way, I mean, because I, I said it during, you know, it's, it's obvious. I wasn't the only one saying it, but that defensive line could lose like four or five guys and still have a lot of depth. You know, and I was kind of kidding when I said it, but they lose three guys, and Ohio State's defensive line still is, is outstanding and has tons of depth especially if they get Tyreek Smith back and Tyler Friday. I think they can really do damage against UC's offensive line. Now, UC's offensive line is big. They played pretty well against UCLA, but they only have two returning starters from last year, so they're still 
pretty green, especially this early in the season. So I think Ohio State's veteran, deep, talented defensive line can really do some damage against Cincinnati's O-line. Although, as I said, I like Ritter and I like Warren a lot for the Bearcats. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I rewatched the UCLA game, and the thing that uh, stood out to me was how unflappable that Desmond Ritter was. He is uh, very athletic for a big guy, probably in the 6'4", 220 range at quarterback, and he is able to get outside the pocket and extend plays. He converted. uh, Last year, Cincinnati was in the top, I want to say top 20 or something nationally in third down conversions, and that was with a rookie quarterback. And he, in the first game, they were 8 of 16, and I just saw them in the in the bits that I watched, they converted like third and seven, third and eight. So no situation seems to be too big for this kid, and that's going to bode well for them as they go through their American Conference schedule the rest of the way. And we'll see how it plays out at Ohio State if the Buckeyes can get them behind down at distance. It's not necessarily over until you get that third down stop. So to me, I think that that is going to be key in this game, get off the field on third down. And the other thing is with this uh, kid Ritter is he has added the deep ball to his arsenal. That is something that they worked on at Cincinnati during the offseason. That's something Ohio State's been uh, susceptible to, at least last year. So I guess we'll see if Ohio State's got that uh, completely shored up and uh, if Arnett and uh, Okuda and Wade and the guys can uh, take care of business on the intermediate to deep ball uh, when this game kicks off tomorrow. That could be interesting as well. Yeah, and when Ohio State has the ball, um, I want to focus on that a little bit. I mean, I fully expect um, Luke Fickle, and they're, they're going to mix things up, but Luke Fickle and Marcus Freeman to make Ohio State beat them with the pass. And Justin Fields has the ability to do that. But do you, and again, I think they're going to mix things up. They're not just going to be like in a bare front the entire game and, you know, eight guys in the box or whatever. But I think there will be, I, I won't be surprised for them to mix in some bare front and, you know, just, you know, stack the box in general. Um, if they do that, how confident are you that Justin Fields can beat them with the pass? And just uh, what do you expect uh, when, when the Buckeyes have the ball tomorrow? I think Fields was impressive last week throwing the ball for the most part. I think uh, Luke Fickle recognized this in one of his comments. He said that uh, when you see a guy from the right hash throw the deep ball down the left sideline like he did to Benjamin Victor, you know he's a guy that's got arm strength and uh, can make all the throws. So I think that they uh, are going to respect what Fields can do throwing the football, and it's going to be on Cincinnati's pass defense both up front and in the secondary, too, to make plays. What I see with Cincinnati's front is I see a bunch of athletic guys. Uh, they roll probably too deep across the front. And <laughs> excuse me, what I see are uh, guys that are athletic, but maybe not the biggest uh, defensive line Ohio State's going to play, but they're very active. They move around, and uh, they are going to come from every direction, every angle. And As you said, they're going to mix things up and try and confuse fields, and it's going to be on recognition, I think, for Ohio State, and make the young guy make a decision, and and hopefully, uh, for Cincinnati's sake, they're hoping he makes some wrong decisions in terms of pass protection and where where he puts the football. So, to me, that's what's going to be the chess match tomorrow. Uh, Marcus Freeman, the former Buckeye, is the defensive coordinator. Obviously, Luke Fickle has his hand on what's going on defensively, and, and they... They're very good defensively as well. So, I mean, they, they made life miserable uh, for the UCLA uh, quarterback, uh, Dorian 
Thompson, whatever his other name was. He's got three names, so I forget the other name. But uh, he had a miserable game against uh, Cincinnati, uh, completed something like nine of 20, eight of 27 passes or something, and uh, had two interceptions, lost two fumbles. He was under duress quite a bit, was sacked twice. So uh, I look for Cincinnati to try and do the same to Justin Fields. It's Dorian Thompson Robinson. We we like to Thanks. use the uh, yes we Thanks. we like to we like to use uh, the cliche of uh, you know he, in sports they drop the ball. He literally <laughs> dropped the ball a couple of times, like just running around, and then he, he must have very small hands because he was just trying to go from running to throwing, and he just drops the ball for and they were like yeah, the the issue, issue twenty. Yeah, and the issue yeah. <laughs> the issue was he was trying he was trying to do too much. He was not distributing, and that is a uh, uh, a hole that you can find yourself in very easily against an aggressive defense where the quarterback feels, oh, I can I can make this one extra move or this one extra play. You don't need to give extra effort. Just get the ball out on time and play your game, and that's what Fields is going to have to do tomorrow. Do you think the light has come on for Baron Browning? I know it's one game, but everybody's like, what's wrong with Baron Browning? He's only halfway through his college career coming into this season. He's still just beginning his junior year. But he was the number one rated outside linebacker in the country in that 2017 class, ranked number 11 overall in the country regardless of position. So I can see why, obviously, there was a lot expected of him. I expected a lot of him. Um, but do you think, although, again, with the disclaimer, it's just one game, do you think the light's come on for Baron Browning? Definitely, and I think that uh, it's a case. Uh, my friend Tony White, uh, who played basketball at Ohio State, I heard him give a graduation speech one time, and he, he said, uh, "You know, you're graduating from high school. Uh, when you go to an airport, you're going to hear this: the moving sidewalk is ending. Please look down." And that is a tremendous metaphor for Baron Browning. He's in his third year. The moving sidewalk is ending. Please look down because your college career is slipping right on by and you need to take ownership of it. And I think that that's what we saw last Saturday. We saw a guy who's not going to be content to watch tough Borland take all the snaps at middle linebacker. I think it was the third series of the game. He came from the, well, it would be the offense's right side of the formation, knifed right through all the traffic, grabbed the ball carrier, and threw him to the ground. And that play really set a tone in my mind, I think, for Ohio State defensively that, uh, you know, in years last year in particular, that play could have gone for 30 yards. And he had the recognition to and the instinct to cut through all of the traffic and go make a play. And that's what has been in short supply for this Ohio State defense, at least in recent, you know, last year. And if he keeps making plays like that, it's going to be tough for him watching Baron Browning play because Baron Browning is uh, a potential star in my mind if he plays up to his capability. So I uh, I want to see more of that. I want to see more of him turning it loose and going and making plays. And uh, I think pass defense for the linebackers, the first game was not necessarily uh, the best. I think that Florida Atlantic in that second half hit a couple of plays, particularly their tight end. That, uh, that they'd like to have back Ohio State. But I was uh, very emboldened by seeing what he could do. Uh, Taraja Mitchell was out there running around. And, uh, you know, it was like a lot of young guys on that defense. It was fun to see him out there playing. But now, go make a play. That's, that's what's most important. So, uh, yes, I think the light bulb has flipped on for Baron Browning, and he can only go uh, up from here. 
Yeah, it's exciting. they got so much talent on that defense. I mean, guys, we don't even talk about that much like Sean Wade is going to be an NFL player. I mean, he, he is a, another guy from that 2017 class was a five-star recruit, and he, he's out there a lot. I just so much talent on this defense, even including guys maybe that don't get enough pubs. So it's really exciting if Baron Browning is going to come of age this year. Um, we'll see how he, how he plays tomorrow because um, he will be tested. Um, all right, let's get into our predictions. We'll have our, our complete staff predictions, not just for the final score and stuff like that, but other questions we're going to post later today on Bucknuts. But let's give our final score and how we think this is going to play out. Steve, the floor is yours. Final score of this game. I'm saying 34 to 20. I just think that uh, for the first half, this is going to be uh, a tight one. I think Ohio State uh, is going to put some points on the board, obviously, but I think Cincinnati makes them earn everything they get in this game. And uh, I, I just see a physical knock them down, drag them out type of game. I know some people I talk to think Ohio State's going to blow them out. I think uh, that'd be Luke Fickle's worst nightmare is if he comes up here with probably as good a team as he's probably going to coach at Cincinnati, and uh, they don't uh, give Ohio State a good game. But uh, I do believe the physicality of this game is going to be something to watch, and I think that Ohio State's uh, size and depth and speed will wear on Cincinnati, and uh, the Buckeyes will pull away in the second half, and I've got them winning it 34-20. to I have a very similar score. I have 34-17, and, and you laid it out. I, I feel the the same way. I expect this to be a tight affair. I think that uh, the Buckeyes will eventually out-talent them, but I think there's going to be some nervous moments. Uh, Cincinnati's going to come in you know, with their A game. They're going to you know play over their heads for a while. They're going to have a great game plan. Word is that they've been preparing for this game all offseason, which is no surprise. So, yeah, you and I have a very similar score there. You have 34-20. I have 34-17, Buckeyes. I'm sure Ryan Day just wants to get out of there with a win and just move on. So we will see what happens. And we will have full coverage for everybody tomorrow before and after the game. So keep it locked to Bucknuts. Thank you very much to Steve Hellwagon. And thanks to all our listeners out there for tuning into the show. I hope you have a great day and a great weekend. Let's try that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. Mm-hmm.